Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Let's recite our mission statement. Come on now, you know it too. Develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And then our, our vision, our, our, the goal is to become disciples who will impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ. And so that is our target. That's what we're doing, and that's what God is doing in this house. And it's interesting because we're in this series, Heroes. And it, it, when you look at the heroes in the faith, we see that they went through some stuff, that they had to have God move some mountains because they could not move those mountains on their own. And... Uh, we, we're in a place right now as a church where I don't know where we're going to be in a few months, in a couple of months, in a building. But I know that God is going to make a way. And it's exciting because we're like, okay, God, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? And so many of us have challenges before us, but we know that we can depend on Him and lean on Him. So this morning, I'm, I'm continuing this series, Heroes. And I, last week, I talked about Gideon. Two weeks ago, I talked about Paul. And I talked about uh, being called and then being sent. But uh, last week I talked about Gideon, and I felt like I really wanted to talk a little bit more about Gideon this week because that is such a cool uh, story of, of uh, a man that is called by God and then is sent and does tremendous things. So let me just do a little recap here. The, the Midianites and the Amalekites and other terrorist tribes from the east were invading and uh, robbing the Israelites of their possessions. They were oppressing them, and they were taking all their food, and they were, they were just robbing them blind. And uh, it, it, in Judges chapter 6, it says, The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. Now what we see in the Old Testament continually is that the Israelites continued to turn their backs on God and walk away from God. And before that they ever entered the promised land, Moses told them and pleaded with them, do not turn away from the Lord when you enter into the promised land. Don't intermarry with these other tribes because they worship pagan gods and idols and you'll get sucked into that. And time after time after time after time, we see that the Israelites failed in that. And so they would turn away from God and then they would go into captivity and then they would cry out to God and he would deliver them. Does that ever happen with us? Do we ever think that we're going to do it on our own and we're going to accomplish everything and then we get into a jam and then we cry out to God instead of asking him what he wants us to do before we get into that jam? So verse 2 says, The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes, coming with all their livestock and tents, were as thick as locusts. They arrived on droves of camels, too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. 
And so what we saw last week is that the angel of the Lord told Gideon, go and defeat them. And then Gideon was still unsure. Have you ever been unsure of what the Lord is telling you to do? And so we know that Gideon uh, asked the Lord to do several things. Uh, he laid a couple of fleeces before him to, to just confirm that this is really the Lord speaking. And the Lord tells him in verse 16, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. And so the Lord is telling us today to be bold, to be strong, be courageous, because the battle is not ours, it's his. And when we walk in his power, his authority, his dominion, then we are more than conquerors. So Gideon asked the Lord several times to confirm that this was the Lord really speaking to him. And uh, Gideon gathers 32,000 warriors. And the Lord says, no, that's too many. 22,000 leave. He's got 10,000. The Lord said, that's too many. 7,500 left or 7,700 left and, and left him with 300 and Gideon is going to go and fight with 300 warriors against 135,000 warriors. I tell you what, that would make you pray. You would need to be in prayer about that, right? So let's go ahead. Let's jump into Judges 7, verse 7 here. The Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. Verse 8, so Gideon collected the provisions and ram's horns of the other warriors and sent them home, but he kept the 300 men with him. The Midianite camp was in the valley just below Gideon. So Gideon is able to look down over this valley and see all these camels, see all these warriors, see all these people. And that night, the Lord said, Get up and go down into the Midian camp, Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. And you notice that Gideon doesn't say, Okay, guys, come on, let's go. He's still a little cautious. And I'm, I'm sure seeing all those camels and all those people and looking back and seeing you have 300 guys with you would make you stop and think. You would not be willing to just rush into battle. But Gideon has been reluctant, even though God has confirmed time after time after time that he's called him to do this. I, what, I, what I love about this story is I see so much grace. You, you know, God is not like, okay, look, I've told you three times already, go down there. And I see this grace of God. And how many times do we receive grace when, when God says, go, and we're like, I don't know, God, I'm scared. Or when, we, when the Lord says, go, and we say, no, I'm not going, God, for whatever reason. But we, we find that God is so gracious and loving and coddling to us sometimes. And so that's what I see here when we look at verse 10. But if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with, with your servant, uh, Purah. And so he says, if you are afraid, do you think God knew something? <laughs> you know, when, whenever the Lord asks a question or makes a statement and says, if you're afraid, okay, he knows something. He's not asking a question because he doesn't know the answer. And so the Lord says, if you're afraid, the Lord is so patient. My first point this morning is a word from the Lord can change our perspective. Yes. Do you ever need a perspective change? Yes. Come on. 
We sang about it today. Maybe you're facing some mountains and you're saying, man, this is a huge mountain. I don't know how we're going to do this. And then we begin to proclaim. That's why worship is so important because we're proclaiming the word of God. We're proclaiming the things of God. We're speaking the things of God over ourselves and over one another. God, I know you're up to something good. I don't know what it is, but I know that you are up to something good. God, I've seen you move the mountains. I've seen it, God. I've seen you move the mountains in my life and in the, in the lives of others. I know you can do it again, and so I'm going to trust you. Even when I can't see it, I'm going to trust you. And so, verse 11, listen to what the Midianites are saying, and you will be encouraged. Then you will be eager to attack. And so the Lord continues to encourage Gideon. What if we could trust the Lord with the situation before us that's in front of us? What if we really trusted God? You know, you've got something in front of you right now probably. What if you say, you know what, I'm not going to worry about that anymore. I'm going to trust God. What if our faith was so strong that we didn't have any trepidation? When God says go, we go. Man, I'm ready. What if we really knew God was up to something good? It's one thing to sing about it. It's another thing to go out and live it, right? What if we are remembering the many times God has moved the mountains and we are expecting him to do it again? You know, it's one thing to think about, okay, God, well, I I know you did this for them, or I remember when you did this for me. But what if we're expecting him? Do you see the difference? Because it's one thing to think about it. It's another thing to say, okay, God, you've got this. I know, I know you've got it. I'm expecting you to move. And when we have that kind of heart change, when we have that kind of faith, when we have that kind of attitude, somebody needs to post this. It takes us from being a warrior. Uh, no, it takes us from being a warrior to a warrior. The, our faith in God will take us from worry to being a warrior. And God is looking for some people that are willing to stand in faith and trust him even when the situation doesn't look very good, when we're walking through something bleak. And he says, stop worrying. I made you a warrior. Go out. Come on. Take take possession of the land. Verse 11 continues. So Gideon took Purah and went down to the edge of the enemy camp. The armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts. Their camels were like grains of sand on the seashore, too numerous to count. 135,000 words. Have you ever seen a camel? You know, those things are pretty big, right? And so you've got all these camels. You have 135,000 warriors. You know that they had to have tents. They had to have different areas where they could go to the bathroom. They, you know, so this was a huge camp, camping area. And I did a little bit of research. Have you ever been to NRG Stadium? You know how many people NRG holds? Not 135,000, 72,000. So imagine that double the amount of people if that place were full. Have you ever been to Minute Maid Park? That holds 41,000 people. So imagine Minute Maid Park filled up three times, and that's, that's the number of people that we're talking about, not counting uh, camels and donkeys and goats and sheep and tents and all that other stuff. The population of League City where we live is 106,000. So you, you, you kind of get a picture of the magnitude of what we're talking about. 
And I, I even went online and I was trying to figure out how big of an area would 135,000 people take. And so depending on how close they were together would, de would determine how, how much land uh, mass it would take. But imagine that you've got this valley and you have all of these people and Gideon is looking down. So the, the angel of the Lord tells him, go down and check it out and you're going to be encouraged. Verse 13, Gideon crept up just as a man was telling his companion about a dream. <laughs> now, what do you think the odds of that are? There's 135,000 of these guys, and Gideon just happens to kind of creep up, and, and here's this guy talking about a dream that is very important for Gideon to hear. And so God is able to plant things in people's minds to serve the kingdom of God or to encourage us. You're, you're able to get promoted at your job even if your boss doesn't like you because it's not up to your boss. <laughs> it's up to him. The word says the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord and he turns it as he desires. So if you just do what you're supposed to do, be a good worker and obey the Lord and do what he says, promotion will come, whether that be in your job or whatever. But the, the point I'm trying to make is that God has got you in his hands, all right? So it doesn't matter what the mountains look like. Verse 13 continues. The man said, I had this dream, and in my dream, a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down into the Midianite camp. It hit a tent, turned it over, and knocked it flat. And so there's a couple of things. We talked about this last week that uh, Gideon felt insecure. He felt inferior. And we know that barley was inferior to wheat. And so what I think there's, a, there's more here than, than what we would just realize on the surface that a, a wheat of barley bread tumbled down. But it wasn't wheat. It was barley. It was in, inferior to wheat. And so Gideon already had this kind of... Uh, feeling about himself that he was interior, inferior. He was weaker. And so last week in Judges 6.15, but, but Lord Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the, in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. And we looked at those Greek words. Weakest means uh, lowest, weakest, poorest, thinnest. And he says that I am the least in my family. And that Greek word means little, insignificant, or young. So the Lord is making a point here, just like Juan was talking about the veil in the temple was ripped from the top to the bottom. That had to be a God thing. And God is trying to explain something to Gideon and to us today that it wasn't in Gideon's strength and power and might. It was in the power and the might of the Lord. That's the point, that victory is not possible through Gideon's own strength. It was only possible by the hand of the Lord. And, and let me tell you, our victory is not possible in our strength. It's possible through the, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and us walking in obedience and what the Lord is doing. Victory is only pos possible by the hand of the Lord. Okay, verse 14. His companion answered, Your dream can only mean one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite, victory over Midian and all its allies. See, Gideon was thinking, man, I, I'm just insignificant. I'm just little. I'm just thin. Nobody knows me. And these guys are saying, man, that dream can only mean one thing, that Gideon, and they knew who Gideon was. 
they knew who the Lord was that Gideon served. And so there was an element of fear that they had. Now, if Gideon had only heard the dream, that, that might have been cool, all right? But also, he heard the interpretation, which was really important, I think, for Gideon. You talk about encouragement. You know, if, you, if you're walking into the enemy's camp and, and they're saying, man, I had this dream, and, and, and the interpretation is, well, how, that, that could only mean one thing, that, that Gideon is going to whip us, that we're going to lose this battle. And so the Lord gives the dream, the Lord gives the interpretation even to their enemies to prepare the way so that when Gideon and his 300 men stepped into the calling and what God had called them to do in the power of the, of the Lord, it was done. It was a done deal. So what if we have that same mentality? What if when we step into something, we say, God, you've got this. I don't have to be fearful. I don't have to. Uh, this is not a bleak situation. This is a situation that you are providing, maybe so I can learn how to walk in faith. Yes. <laughs> that would be a novel concept. So why do we doubt God's ability to work everything out? Why do we worry? Why, do we, why, why are we concerned about a building? You know our situation. I don't know where we're going to be in a couple of months. But you know what? God's got this thing. He's going to work it out. Amen. Amen? And I think it's going to be better than what we were thinking. But we could worry about this thing. We could be worried. But instead, we're, we're saying we're warriors. We're, we're going forth. God, wherever you're leading us is where we want to go. Amen? So when Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship before the Lord. And some interpretations say he bowed. And I think, ah, have you ever been there? Maybe on the other side of the mountain? And you say, wow, God, you know, I was fretting. I was worrying. I, I had little faith. And now that I... I'm on the other side. I'm humbled, God. Because I see how you had this thing all along. I see how way back here, where things looked like they were out of control and chaotic, you were working in all that to get me to where I am now, on the other side of the mountain. And had I, had I gone my own route here, way back here, I would have ended up crashing and burning. And so the Lord is working all this out in spite of ourselves, in spite of our knucklehead decisions and things that we do, in spite of our disobedience. He can still get us where he wants us to be. <sighs> so I think Gideon was humbled and I, and I can imagine that Gideon was like, wow, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't trust you. I'm sorry I doubted you. I'm, I'm humbled, God, because you are faithful. That we would come to that place on a daily basis where we would say, God, you're faithful. And I'm going to walk with you regardless of the circumstances and situations. So my first point was a word from the Lord can change our perspective. My second point is a word from the Lord can change our motivation and our actions. Because it's one thing to hear from the Lord, 
And it's another thing to act or obey the Lord because we have a choice. I know when God called us to, to birth Life Fellowship, we had a choice. I knew that God was calling us to start this church. But I still had a decision to make to either obey or disobey. And you have the same choices. We all have the same choices. Are we going to follow the Lord? Are we going to obey him? Or are we going to not? Uh, remember last week, I, I told you about the dream that I had where I was being approached by this woman and I knew that she was operating in demonic uh, spirits and power. But the Lord showed me in the stream two angels and they're like 20 feet tall. And so that changed my perspective. What if we had that perspective knowing that God is with us and he's bigger than two 20-foot angels and he can make a way where there's no way. Verse 15, when Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship before the Lord. Then he returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, get up! For the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. Now he's encouraged. Now he's ready to go to battle. Now he's ready to obey. Now he's ready to attack. Verse 16 says, And he divided the 300 men into three groups and gave each man a ram's horn and a clay jar with a torch in it. Uh, okay, how about maybe a sword? <laughs> how about a, a bow and some arrows? Um, maybe a club, <laughs> a knife, <laughs> uh, a, a rock or something. So he, he equips them, God has equipped them with these clay jars and a horn. And so we know that many times that the, the armies of the Lord would be called to war with a horn. So anyway, uh, some translations say that they call this a pitcher. Some, the NLT calls it a clay jar, but there's a torch in there. And so we don't really know, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what that looked like, but I'm just saying what the, what the word says. It was a pitcher or it was a clay jar with a torch in it. Let's read on. Then he said to them, keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. So Gideon has instruction from the Lord, and he's telling these 300 men, watch me, okay? Watch me and do what I do. So it was not only important that Gideon obeyed, but also that the men who were following him followed his lead and did what he, he did because this was important. As soon as I and those with me, because Gideon has 100 men with him, and there's these 200 other men, as soon as I and those with me blow the ram's horn, blow your horns too all around the entire camp and shout, for the Lord and for Gideon. It was just after midnight, after the changing of the guard, when Gideon and the 100 men with him reached the edge of the Midianite camp. Suddenly, they blew their ram's horns and broke their clay jars. Can you imagine what that sounded like? 300 of those things going on. Have you ever heard a shofar? Have you ever heard somebody blow a shofar? Or try to blow a shofar? <laughs> and and so they have these these clay pots and uh and and they're breaking their 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 clay pots so you've got all this noise going on 
Uh, let's look at verse 20. Then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. They held blazing torches in their left hands and horns in their right hands, and they all shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. So it's, it's, it's you know, I'm trying to figure out what, was, what that was like. You have these 300 men surrounding the camp is what it would appear to be, and you have them breaking their... Uh, their clay jars or their pitchers with these torches in there, and then they're blowing the horn, so you've got these lights, these, these torches, and, and you hear all this noise. And um, I'm just wondering what was going on there. I'm, I'm wondering what, what the Israelites were thinking is going to happen, and I'm wondering what, well, we'll see what happens. Okay, so each man stood at his position around the camp and watched as all the Midianites rushed around in a panic shouting as they ran to escape. What are y'all looking at? Y'all looking at me looking at something? I'm just looking at the ceiling. I'm not really looking at anything. Have you ever been in a place where maybe somebody takes off running and everybody else says, hey, look, they're running too, man. I'm, I'm running. I don't know what they know, but we're running along. And I can envision that maybe that's what happened. Have you ever been someplace and somebody's like, and then everybody's like looking and they're pointing. And they don't even know what they're looking at or pointing at. I can envision that that was kind of what was going on. Maybe some guy saw a snake and ran into a tree and took off running. And everybody else said, hey, look, Joe's running. We're all going to run. I don't know what happened. But there was chaos in the camp. Something was going on, and I think that it was more than just maybe somebody's camel running off and them chasing their camel, and a few other people started running too. I think God was stirring something up, and they began to just go into chaos. And and so let's read on in verse 22. When the 300 Israelites blew the ram's horns, and the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords... So they begin to fight with one another. They're not even fighting their enemy, the Israelites. They're stabbing one another and chopping one another up. They're running around crazy. It's total chaos. So my third point this morning is a word from the Lord can change our destiny. So when we hear from the Lord and when we obey the Lord, it can change the direction of our life. Not only our life, but the life of our family. We're talking about the series Heroes Man, you want to be a hero? Let's start with leading our families well. Let's be a hero at home. Let's lead our families well. Let's love our wives. Let's teach our children. Let's love our children. Let's be responsible. And let's lead our families well. So a word from the Lord can change our destiny. Verse 22 continues. Those who were not killed fled to places as far away as Beshitta and Zerorah and to the border of Abel, Maholalah, Near Tabath. I, I, I don't know how to pronounce these things. I, I see these words. I'm like, that's, that's weird. Okay. So don't get hung up on the pronunciation of the words. Anyway, a lot of them killed themselves. All right? A bunch of them killed themselves. And then some of them that were left over ran away. They, they fled. Verse 23. Then Gideon sent for the warriors of Nepaldi, Asher, and Manasseh, who joined in chasing the army of Midian. Gideon also sent messengers throughout the hill country of Ephraim saying, Come down and attack the Midianites. Cut them off at the shallow crossings of the Jordan River 
Bethbara. And so all the men of Ephraim did as they were told. They captured Oreb and Zeb, the two Midianite commanders, killing Oreb at the rock of Oreb and Zeb at the winepress of Zeb. And they continued to chase the Midianites. Afterward, the, the Israelites brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon, who was by the Jordan River. So not only did they, really, they didn't do a whole lot. They just stood by and watched the, the Lord cause their enemies to turn on themselves and defeat themselves. And so what we see in the story is that they uh, chased after the 15,000 that were left. So if you do the math, that means 120,000 of the 135 killed themselves or, or whatever happened to them. There, there were only 15,000 that fled, and then they chased them down. And they had victory over them, over the commanders of their armies, and, and even over the kings. And so what we see is that, that God orchestrated this whole thing. But it goes back to where Israel uh, began to worship these other gods, and they turned away from the Lord. And then God let them come into captivity and be, be uh, captured by the Midianites. But, but here's the here's great thing about the story. They called out to the Lord. The Lord heard their cry, and he delivered them. And there are people in your life that need deliverance. There's people that you know that need to call out to the Lord, and the Lord is willing and able to save I want to jump ahead about 40 years after this battle and this victory of Gideon. Let's go to Judges chapter 8, 33. As soon as Gideon died, and he lived, I think, for about 40 years, um, the Israelites prostituted themselves by worshiping the images of Baal, making Baal Bereth, uh, Bereth their God. They forgot the Lord God who had rescued them from all their enemies surrounding them. What a sad story. And we see this happen time after time, after time, where they got the victory. We see how, even in this story here, where Gideon says, what about all the stories and the victories from our ancestors? What about God being with us? And the angel of the Lord tells him, well, God was with them then, but you guys have turned your back on God. And there are always consequences for turning our backs on God and walking away. But God is gracious to us. And time after time after time after time, he helped the Israelites. He, he got them out of bondage and saved them and, and released them from their captives and gave to them and poured into them. And then they would do it again. Aren't you glad that God didn't say, okay, you get three strikes and you're out? So my first point this morning was a word from the Lord can change our perspective. A word from the Lord can change our motivation and actions. A word from the Lord can change our destiny. And when our destiny is changed, when we come into alignment with his purpose, his plan, his goal for our lives, it not only impacts us, but our family, our extended family, our neighbors, people around us. So God has a great purpose and plan. And what we find is that when we see these stories of these heroes, there's a common thread that's running through every life that we're looking at and that we'll be looking at through this series. One is they hear from God. Somehow they hear from God, either through a prophet or through an angel of the Lord. And the second thing that happens is they obey. Because without their obedience, 
it doesn't happen. Let me add a third thing. It's probably one I shouldn't add, but I'm going to add it. It costs them something. The heroes of God had to pay the price. Paul was stoned. I'm not talking about smoking dope or drinking whiskey. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked, stoned in prison. And he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. You look at the heroes in the faith. They were committed to the Lord and his call on their life. And they walked it out. And God is looking for some heroes today in the body of Christ. He's looking for some people that are committed and will go through some stuff. What's our, what's our spiritual maturity look like? Are we mature enough to handle something? Are we, are we esteeming God higher than ourselves? Do we esteem others? Do we prefer others more than ourselves? Or are we going to get offended at the color of the chairs or a song or something that somebody's wearing or something silly? When God is trying to reach into people's lives and save them, he's trying to reach into our lives and heal us of the things that are broken in our lives. He's trying to reach into a lost and dying world, not only here in Kima Lake City, but across the globe because he loves them and he wants to see them come into a relationship with him and live the abundant life that Christ came to give us. He wants to see us be the hands and feet of Jesus. He wants even more than that. He wants us to come into this intimate place of relationship with him. Above all things, that's his greatest desire. We have any heroes in the house? All right. Okay. Come on now. All right. If you'll stand and let's bless one another. If you'll recite this with me. Is it up there on the screen yet? Not yet. Ah, there we go. Okay. If you'll recite this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Lord, I thank you for this wonderful day. I thank you for your calling and your sending of us in our lives, Lord, to go and proclaim the, the love of Christ and to be infused and filled with, with your love and empowered by your Holy Spirit to go out and make a difference. And so, Lord, we pray that you will show us the opportunities this week that you're planting and that you're putting in front of us that we can love others, that we can point others to you and that we can grow in our relationship with you. And we thank you for all you've done, all you're doing and all that you're going to do. And we thank you in Jesus name. And as always, I want to challenge you to make a difference in the world around you. Go out and live it. Prayer team will be here if you'd like prayer. Thank you for joining us. You're dismissed. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.